Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What's up, party people? It's your boy, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Thursday, February 4th. We've got a first on the podcast, folks. We've never done this what have we been doing the podcast? Six months now. Started in August. I don't know. Maybe month seven. I've lost track. 120 some odd episodes. We've never had a double dip. Two guests in the same podcast. But it's Super Bowl week, right? And when you get a great guest like Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, you've got to take him whenever you can get him. Jeremiah's my guy. Super nice gentleman. Um, I think you're going to love the interview with him if you like the NFL draft, the Super Bowl, Deshaun Watson, basically anything about the NFL, you'll love it. And then the second interview is with a guy who I actually just found out lives kind of near me out in L.A. We're going to have to link up. Um, He was undrafted into the NFL. He's doing the Super Bowl week where he gets paid to... Um, you know, pitch a product, and he's a nice guy, and he's very informed. You know him from American Ninja Warrior. I butcher the hell out of his last name, Akbar 
KGB Mila. I, I, I even butchered it just now. So his brother is KGB, uh, the former um, defensive end for the Green Bay Packers. Akbar, obviously, you know him from American Ninja Warrior. He was with the Raiders. Um, he, had a, he had a nice little NFL career. And he's a really intelligent guy who uh, had some insight into Jason Pierre-Paul in that Tampa Bay defense. I think you'll like that as well. So let's dive right in, shall we? First up, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy I've known for a while. One of my favorite stories was way back, maybe a decade ago, I was running the website The Big Lead, and I saw this guy named Move the Sticks on Twitter just crushing it with all this great stuff. And I'm like, man, I need to hire this guy because I guess he had been with the Baltimore Ravens and then he left. And I reached out to him and he's like, oh, that's interesting. I'll get back to you. And then like five minutes later, he was hired by the NFL Network. And I'm like, oh my (laughs) gosh, Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, how are you, man? I'm doing great, bud. I know it kind of ages us, right? When you start thinking about how long ago, I think that was legitimately like 10 years ago. Yeah. I had an eye for talent. Can I just say that? I'll... uh... Well, I, I, I'm not not in, not necessarily in this instance. I trust you on some other ones, but this one, I mean, that's TBD. <laughs> you also know him. He does color games for the Chargers. We'll ask about Justin Herbert in about 30 seconds. He does some Amazon games with Bucky Brooks, who's been here. Joy Taylor, also who's been here. Um, and, and you know, Daniel Jeremiah, I consider him the most blue flame thinker when it comes to the NFL draft. Very clear eyed and honest. And uh, I want to chop it up with him. We'll do draft, Super Bowl, but I want to start with the Chargers, Daniel. Um, Justin Herbert exceeded all expectations. I don't think anybody saw him playing this well. I'm curious what you think the coaching change does for him. Are they going to flip the playbook with the Chargers, with Staley coming in? Um, What's your guess as to Justin Herbert's second year? Well, I think there'll be a little bit of adjustment here. Uh, Lombardi's coming in as the OC, who's spent you know almost his entire career with the Saints. So that that offense that you know Sean Payton's run with Drew Brees forever, which is very quarterback dependent in terms of putting a lot on the quarterback mentally, um, in terms of checks the line of scrimmage and and giving him a lot of control. So I, I think Herbert is. I mean, he was a 4.0 student. He's he's brilliant. Like that was one of the big pluses of him uh, coming into the process. So I think eventually he's going to get to the point where he can handle all that it's going to be placed on him. There might be a little bit of an adjustment though, because I think a lot of that was taken out of his hands as a rookie. You know, obviously to try and lessen the load on him uh, being thrust right into the starting lineup. Uh, so I, I would anticipate you'll see a little bit of a, a growth period there, but then this thing could really take off because now you've got all the physical ability, but now you have an offensive coordinator and a system that's going to tap into how smart he is to be able to get you in the right place. And, you know, calling, you know, Chargers games, being the color guy, seeing everybody during the week for interviews, and then being the guy who goes on TV and talks about everything. Daniel, I'm just curious how that how those merged because, you know, it's one thing to say your opinion on TV, right? You could say whatever yeah. you want, you're plugged in, but it's another then to go have to face everybody and interview them and talk to them. How, how, how has that been? Any rocky roads there? 
No, you know, you always will find with players that they are they're very aware of where you had them rated uh, coming into the process. Now, some of them, you know, like Justin, of all people, would have a, a good gripe to say, man, I should have been the first pick in the draft. He's such a good dude and such a cool down to earth guy like he would never do that. But there's other guys you'll see along the way uh, where they'll come in and they'll, they'll bust your chops a little bit about where you had him. I mean, Sammy Watkins, I remember when he came through the studio the year he was coming out. I think I had Watkins as like the maybe the third or fourth player in that draft, which in in hindsight was too high, right? I had overrated him. But they come into the studio and they like they're all upset. I'm like, Sammy, what's going on? I can't believe you don't you have me at number three. Like he's insulted that that you would have him at number three. It's like that with a lot of guys, but it's fun, man. It's uh, the cool thing about the Chargers. And this year was weird because the pandemic. You know, we didn't get a chance to travel with the team this year calling the road games. We called the road games uh, from a studio in Burbank. But, you you know, we're at the stadium for all the home games. But traveling with a team um, from a personnel side, you get to see the value of the things behind the scenes. Like, I'll give you a great example. Derwin James, his his rookie year, you get on the plane for the first preseason game. So it's the first road trip. And when you're on a, one of these team charters, nobody's really sitting down the whole flight, right? Guys are moving around and hanging out. They're playing cards or doing whatever they're doing. Um, and Derwin was in his in his seat with, I'm talking about like Pouncey, like Keenan Allen, all these veteran, you know, Pro Bowl players were all around him. Like he was kind of like the Pied Piper. This is his first, this is first time he's been on the team plane. I mean, this is somebody who was so magnetic and so just had that that persona and the personality that people just gravitated towards him. And I thought, you know what? Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But when he's on the field, it's, this dude's a superstar. Wow. And I'm sure you would see that with other players and other sports where it's just you got it. He had it. Uh, you mentioned the pandemic. I'm just curious. You were down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. There will be no um, combine. The pro days sound like they're going to be kind of crappy. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is this going to be a difficult evaluation? Um, you know, as, as an analyst who goes on TV and talks about the players since you won't have as much up close and personal time with them. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really hard. Um, it's going to be hard for teams, but at least on the team side of things, they have access to every ounce of information they can get from all their scouts from, from the, my side of things, selfishly speaking, not being able to be at the combine to see these guys all lined up next to each other, to get those official measurements, to be able to tap into all your sources and resources right there to get as much information as you can. Uh, not, not to mention the fact we didn't have an East West game, which is normally a lot of those, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round type players that you get a chance to be familiar with uh, during that period of time. The pro days, you know, I think we're going to cover a bunch of them from the studio. So we'll, we'll cover them. We'll have cameras and we'll be able to talk about them. But, you know, quarterbacks not getting a chance to see a quarterback throw live and in person. Man, that's a huge that's a huge part of the evaluation because it might look like one thing on tape at that position. But when you can stand next to him and watch him rip the ball, you get a whole different appreciation for that stuff. Yeah, uh, listen, we all love to talk about hits we've had in the draft, right, and misses and up close and personal. I will say, I do mock drafts for Fox Sports. And the first one right after the 2020 draft, I looked at the quarterbacks, and I saw the kid transfer Jamie Newman from Wake Forest to Georgia. And I said, you know, this guy looked really good. You could go, I mean, he looked great at Wake Forest, and if Georgia wants him, Daniel, the guy's got to be awesome. He's got to be slam dunk. And I had him in the first round. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is how much I respect Daniel Jeremiah. He looks at it and was like, yeah, I don't think so. Or I don't remember what it was that you said. Yeah. But Jamie Newman did not even get the starting job at Georgia. 
And, you know, now he's, is he going to get drafted at all? I don't, how tough is it to evaluate these quarterbacks? Nobody had Mac Jones, Daniel, as a first round pick. Now, some people do, some people don't, but just talk to me about the quarterbacks. Dude, I mean, a a great example would be Joe Burrow, right? I mean, we can go back to the last three drafts. When you look at the number, we're not talking about guys like sneaking into the first round. I'm talking about the last three number one overall picks. Before that season started, would you have predicted that Baker, Kyler, or Joe Burrow would be the first overall pick? No, there's no way. You can't. You can't know that. So, um, you know, it's it's extremely difficult to evaluate. And, um, you know, I still feel like as much information as you get and you feel like you know where these guys end up and who they're with, who they're coached by, who they're surrounded by, can have such an impact on what they become. So, it's 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 never been more difficult than it is now to scout that position. Now, there are some quarterbacks, Daniel, out here in Orange County right now. Well, I'm in L.A., but Orange County's close yeah. by. Um, I don't know if you've been to the workout where they've all been, but Zach Wilson's there. Justin Fields was there recently. Um, and uh, the buzz around Zach Wilson is pretty incredible. Uh, I know a lot of people want to say, hey, we threw six touchdowns, Fields, against Clemson. He's got to be the second quarterback. But, you know, the guys I talk to, Zach Wilson's a better prospect. Where are you on these two? Yeah, I have Zach Wilson over Justin. I actually have Justin four, and I still like Justin, but I have Trey Lance, you know, in front of him. They're they're really kind of competing to me for that third and fourth spot. We'll see how it all uh, shakes out as I get to dig even deeper. But Zach Wilson's the most natural thrower uh, in the whole draft. I mean, just if you just want to watch guys throw in terms of off platform, arm angles, all that stuff, he can do everything. So to me the year that he had this year, if you just want to stack him up, I mean, he's, he's right up there. So uh, I would have him over fields at this point in time. Now they all have, you know, the little bit of the warning signs there with Wilson, the guys had shoulder surgery on his throwing arm. Um, He had another hand injury. Don't really care about that. But anytime you've had your throwing shoulder worked on and you're not a real big, broad shoulder guy, uh, again, another reason why it just sucks. Not, you know, I'd be at that pro day. I'd get a chance to see him, stand next to him, watch him throw, see what that frame and build looks like. Um, but if you look at him on paper, like dimension-wise, same as Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I think you can get past that as long as your doctors are okay with that shoulder that it's that it checks out. He can spin it, dude. And yeah. I, people push back on me and go, oh, BYU, they didn't play any you know ranked teams or highly ranked teams outside of Coastal Carolina. I don't think they had a, a Power 5 win or – yeah. Like, dude, when you're sitting on the far hash at the 50-yard line and you're putting the ball on the pylon in the left corner of the end zone and it never gets more than 10 feet off the ground, I don't care who you're playing with or playing against. That translates. Now, listen, you know I'm a big Jets guy. You have worked yeah. in, you know, front offices uh, as, you know, you probably are going to get a job one day soon as a GM. I-, I am curious where you are on the whole Jets situation with – Sam Darnold versus potentially Zach Wilson. I'm not even going to bring in yeah. Watson to the equation. Yeah, I think Jets fans are torn between this. We really like Sam Darnold. And who doesn't like Sam Darnold? The problem is yeah. three years, he's about to have his third coach, third system. And then you got to pay him the extension here, 25, whatever million. I, I, I just, I have a problem doing that. As much as I like Darnold coming out and like his potential, I think he could thrive in San Fran or whatever. But... You know, if you're talk to me, what you think, Joe Douglas, who you know uh, is sifting through in the Jets front office? Well, I'm writing this down as we're talking here, um, so I'm uh, I'm going to pull up the receiver group here. So let's say, all right, I'll, I'll say there's a chance. Let's say they could get a late one for Sam, right? Maybe they can't. Maybe it's a second round pick. I think second round pick okay. would probably be the safe bet, but I think there's a chance. I think Schefter even came out and said they could, you know, 
He doesn't say that without any kind of information. He right. came out and said they might be able to get a late one. So let's just say it's a late one, early two. Uh, I'm going to write down Kadarius Tony as a receiver there. So okay, funny. so I Kadarius have his name from your from stud. your top fifty. I, he's a stud. He's a Chiefs guy. Is he looks like the perfect yeah. Chiefs gadget guy, like a Nicole Hardman type, right? Can do everything. Just a playmaker. Jets need playmakers. So here's here's basically what it comes down to. You have Sam Darnold. And let's say they Jamar Chase, right? They need a player, a playmaker. So you'd have you'd have a Jets team with Sam Darnold and Jamar Chase. But like you mentioned, you also have the financial commitment that's on the horizon right around the corner to Sam Darnold. So a big money commitment there. Yeah. Or you have Zach Wilson, Kadarius Tony, and a lot of extra cash you're going to have because now you've got this rookie deal that you're going to be in great spot for the next four to five years in a controllable contract. So it's really not just Sam Darnold and Jamar Chase versus Zach Wilson and Kadarius Tony. It's Zach Wilson, Kadarius Tony, and all that cash, which gives you opportunity to go out in the free agent market, address the offensive line, try and find a pass rusher, try and help the corner position. So when I look at that information, to me, and I think I actually have Zach Wilson as a more talented player who's a per both these guys fit mm. this system, but I think Zach Wilson's more talented than Sam. So wow. the durability thing's the only question. Right. If your doctors are cool with Zach Wilson, to me, laying that all out, it makes more sense to start fresh, start new, and draft Zach Wilson. Huh. Um would you mind you got any good Joe Douglas stories from your time in Baltimore with him? Uh <laughs> Joe, we used to hoop all the time, man. Can so he play? He's, yeah, he wasn't bad. Very physical, as you can imagine. Uh, a yes. lot of work down there on the block. Uh, <laughs> but he's no, he's a great dude, man. We we have remained friends for gosh, it's almost twenty years now. So uh, it's a very dry sense of humor. Very funny. Uh, we we're on some text uh, text chains with a lot of like eighties wrestling uh, stuff on there. It's very <laughs> very very random. Very random. But you know, he 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 kind of. I don't know if anybody really knows this. You should dig this up. The uh, the movie The Replacements, right? That was with Shane Falco. That was uh, oh, Keanu yeah. Reeves, right? Right? Yeah. And that was shot in Baltimore. Okay. Joe's in that. Joe's in the movie. Really? So he <laughs> is one. There's a scene in the movie, you got to find it, where they like flip over a car. Like there's a rivalry or something. And these guys kind of flip over a car. That's Joe. He's in there and he wow. has to laugh. Like Look No lines. That. No lines, but he does have to chuckle and laugh. Yes, so you can you can grade his acting ability. I don't know how the New York media hasn't got this. Several yet, takes, but. I'm sure, for the chuckle yeah. and laugh. By the way, I need to at this point mention um, Daniel Jeremiah's funniest comment to me, I think ever, was I'm that nerdy dude who goes to the gym and will set up my phone and get some video footage because <laughs> I see all these people doing it uh, yeah. on Instagram and stuff. And you know, I post it because I made like 15 free throws in a row or whatever. And Daniel Jeremiah jumps in off the top rope with, dude, you're one of those guys? Or something along <laughs> those lines. And, you know, I know you you officially retired from hoops, right, after that injury? Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I tore my Achilles. And, uh, and since then, I have a hoop in the backyard, so I'm a jumper guy. I don't video it like some others, but I do. Uh, I get a <laughs> lot of jumpers. I get a lot of jumpers in. But, yeah, the three-on-three the three days, are those are They're retired. Done. We've started yeah. to play some rogue four-on-four -four games he, out here in L.A. And um, nice. I hate to say it, a guy did rupture his Achilles playing. It was, See, it was devastating. And my wife, the best part about it is I hadn't, I hadn't played, like, competitively, like, in, in probably – five years like since i played in a church league like going way back okay and but but i had been running and i'd shooting all that stuff so these guys invited me to, to go play and my wife literally as i'm walking out the door goes don't do anything stupid and tear your achilles Ooh. it's the last 
last thing she said. So we played, we played like, you know, three, four games and, uh, and we were done. And then one guy was like, let's just, let's just run yes, one that's more. exactly what happened. That, I swear. It's, it's that. And so I think my body had just kind of relaxed and shut down. Like, okay, we're good. Made it through, feel great. And then it was like, Oh, here we go again. Yeah. And I went, I went for a backdoor cut and it was just like everybody said, I thought somebody kicked me in the leg, that's turned exactly around. What happened. There was nothing. Now this guy was in shape like you. Now you're a former quarterback, you know, yeah. uh, but did you play hoops in high school at all or no? Yeah, yeah. So I I started in uh, in high school for four years, and that was my favorite. That was my favorite sport. I was born in Indiana. Like you can't oh, be born in Indiana and not be a hoops guy. So you know, I grew up around. My brother played. My brother played in college, uh, small school, and then uh, my aunt was the head basketball coach at IU for you know in the '80s. So she wow. was like the big Big Ten coach of the year. My dad played in, in a small college, so hoops was my was my first love. But then uh, once six two kind of let, that's where I topped out. Right. I was like, okay, it's it's time to focus so you, a little bit more you on were football. What, a six two point guard. Yeah, yeah, well, the, yeah probably good. So ball I played, handler. I played, I played, I played on a slam and jam team, which is like you know an AAU team, like okay. when, when we were growing up. So my slam and jam team was uh, Jelani McCoy, Ooh. who had played at UCLA, and, yeah. and I think I don't know if he was a second round pick, but he played in the NBA for a while. Uh, Daryl Russell, defensive tackle, played for the Raiders. Remember him? He was like the second <laughs> overall pick out of USC. Yeah, yeah. He he played on our team. Wow. Um, we had yeah, it was a, it was some athletes out there. Was another guy who played football at Texas. Another guy who played basketball at like Utah. But it was it was good. One of the uh, uh, first games we played, we were late to to get on the floor. It was up in Compton at, at Dominguez Hills where we were playing. And we walk in the gym. Now, mind you, Jelani, I think, is the number one center in the country at that time. We walk in the gym, and it's like Lute Olsen and Roy Williams and all these guys. And I'm like, I do not I do Dang. not belong out here, dude. Wow. I do not belong out here. So I, I can go basketball stories. My last, bas- my last high school basketball game, and we joke about it uh, when we see each other, was against Crossroads Christian up in Santa Monica. Oh. And uh, and we were getting ready to play them. And we had lost in the city championship in San Diego, which the basketball in L.A. is much better than the basketball in mm-hmm. San Diego. So we're the lowest – the top two teams from each each area move on. So we're the lowest – we're the lowest seed in the state tournament then kind of to move on. So our coach is like, we're playing this team, uh, Santa Monica Crossroads. They've got a point guard. He's, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty explosive. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what, who this guy is. It's Baron Davis. Oh! <laughs> it was – Jay, it was – and we joke about it. It was like 22 to 2 like that. I mean, oh, it was wow. like, and he's probably doing windmill dunks and stuff. Oh, unbelievable. I mean, yeah. Unbelievable. Awesome. Best, best, most explosive athlete I've ever competed against in any yeah. sport. Boom dizzle. Um, all right. So speaking of explosive athletes, back to the NFL. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you had a tweet that I, I've mentioned a couple times on the podcast. Anybody who follows you, follows the NFL knows this was important. You said, here's the one thing that will impact the Deshaun Watson situation more than anything. His yeah. willingness to sit and lose money. I think he's a very principled dude, and he would be willing to do that. This is how he gains leverage. Threat of financial loss doesn't bother him. Now, Daniel Jeremiah is, as you guys know, not just some guy who tosses out hot takes like ESPN and FS1 and all that stuff. Daniel, when you put this out, how much pushback did you get? Um, You know what? I don't think I got much pushback at all wow. because I think the people that know him know that like he's they know his background they know where he came from um and in what he's accomplished and where he is financially and money's not everything to, to everyone you know people always assume that everyone's always just motivated purely by money some people aren't and when you know this kid's background and know his story 
and then know what he already has secured financially for his family going forward. Um, and you hear that he is, does not want to play there. He is done. He is done with them. And I think back to Carson Palmer, you know, everybody said, Oh, Carson Palmer, oh, he's not going to miss them. He's no way he's going to miss those checks. Carson Palmer was done with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was it. He was like, if I don't play again, I don't play again, but I'm not playing there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and this feels closer to that than it does mm-hmm. to some of these other situations where they're going to call your bluff and like, oh, okay, I don't want to miss that check. I'm coming in. So- now maybe, maybe that's what happens. Maybe the Houston Texans want to play the game of chicken and, and see what happens. But Everything I know about Deshaun, if he says he's not coming, I'll take him at his word. Yeah. And, you know, again, having worked for teams, I'm curious. This is a dangerous game to play if you're a team. Easy way to alienate yourself with players, agents. Um, I don't know, you know, if people are going to really want to go play for an organization where the owner lies to the quarterback and then they no. refuse to trade him. Um, could is this Who has the leverage here? See, I, I think Deshaun does. Everybody else, you know, most people on the outside look at it because of purely financial reasons say, oh, no, the Texans have the leverage. It's their choice whether or not he's on the team or not. It's not his choice. It is their choice. So from that standpoint, yeah, the ultimate leverage is with the team because they decide whether to trade him or not. But I, I just think when you look at the alternatives and you have somebody that's willing to sit, and I do think, and I've talked to several GMs about this, the anticipation is they will be blown away uh, with compensation, you know, from another team. So mm-hmm. when you sit there left with it, like, man, this is kind of, there's all this noise and this noise is going to continue around here. As long as this situation is here, you never want to trade a quarterback. He's 25 years old, top five quarterback. I get all that. But if you believe that he's going to stick to his guns and you have these offers rolling in with just massive amounts of picks and players, um, that that changes things. What do you make of this Raiders smoke from the other day? Um, the Raiders would tear, share ugh, trade Derek Carr for two firsts, assuming they could get that. There's and then no they way. Package, yeah, I would agree. I don't know where they're getting that from. There's no chance. No chance There's of two no firsts. All right, let's chance. say they get one first. Can they? I don't think so. I wow. think I think Derek I think Derek Carr would probably get you a two and maybe something else. You know. Um, that that would be that would be my guess. Right, there's so, just so there's so many there's so much movement in the quarterback yeah. space right now. I just and, and maybe again maybe a one that would be the ceiling for me would be a one one but, one. There's yeah, I again, can't imagine a in a million years they get two ones. Yeah, it's a one in like the what the late twenties. Fine, we'll give you yeah. the twenty seventh pick. But yeah. again, I don't. How enticing is that to the Texans? And then do the Jets and Dolphins, given they have the second and third pick respectively. Don't they basically have the best offer? Yes, because I mean, if you're if you're the Texans, the court there has to be a quarterback in return, right? Has to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily Sam or Tua. I think it's the opportunity at pick number two or number three right. to start the clock fresh, get that rookie quarterback, which we've talked about the advantages there. Um, and so those are the teams that have that to offer. You're like, okay, a team's going to give me four first round picks, and they're all going to be in the twenties. I'd rather have the second pick. Yeah. I'd rather have two first round picks in that scenario than four first round picks. Because one of those is going to be my quarterback. And, and you know, when you look at you look at what teams could potentially give up, like I, I would not put anything out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I'm talking four first round picks and two defensive, you know, two quality starters. Yeah, wouldn't I, I surprise saw that. me. That, that seems like a bit much. So let me let me do this. Let's let's do this. Uh, talk about the Raiders, right? Let's just say the Raiders. They're in the new building. They're in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. They want to go all in, right? So do you have do you have a pen here? We'll do the exercise. I do. Well, I have my. All right, computer, here, yeah. okay. Let Let's just go through. 
let's say the so if I I told you right now the Raiders would give up five first round picks for Deshaun Watson, five first round picks, what would your immediate reaction be? Well, can, can you even trade that many f- first round picks? No, but I'm just let's just do the hypothetical. So on its surface, that sounds crazy, right? For right. one player. Okay, let's let's write down the Raiders' last five first round picks. You ready? <laughs> Cle- Cleveland at twelve. Well, yeah, we could go. Let's go. Let's go the other way. Let's start with Cleveland Farrell. Okay. Let's go, Josh Jacobs. Yep. Um, they've got uh, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, um, and then there's one more I'm missing. Who am I missing here? Man. Oh, uh, Jonathan Abram. Jonathan Abram. Oof. So you look at those five players. You mean to tell me the Texans <laughs> would never take that? <laughs> trade never right so when you put names to picks like picks i'm a draft guy i'm a personnel guy picks i love picks but when you start putting some names to this and you look at a 25 year old franchise quarterback keep in mind we're going to watch a 43 year old quarterback play in the super bowl this is not something for the next two to three years this is something for the next 10 to 12 years minimum um that's why I don't put it out of the out of the realm of possibility that somebody could offer something like this. My only pushback would be a team like the Raiders has really little talent, even if you give up everything for Watson. So you don't make that much of a quantum leap from four, five, six win team to eleven with Watson. But I think that applies to the Jets too, doesn't it? I mean, if the yeah, Jets but- are talking about giving up Quinn and Williams. Uh, who's their only defensive player, really. And then three or four number ones, like, they're, I mean, Daniel, they, they don't have a good team. I would never, to me, if I'm the Jets, considering that I hold the number two pick, um, I'm going to three first-round picks. That's that's. And does Quinnen count as one of them? No. Well, I mean, if you, yeah, if you want to put, if Quinnen's in the deal, then that's definitely going to count it. So I'm, then you're getting two picks in Quinnen. Two and I, Quinnen. I don't, I don't think I would go beyond that. I think right. they're in a position now where they are, to with all these picks to really build a good football team and keep this in mind joe joe douglas has got three super bowl rings okay he's got a super bowl ring with joe flacco Mm. he's got a super bowl ring with trent dilfer and he's got a super bowl ring with nick Foles. so he's been places where they've (laughs) built they have built up the team right that's what he's accustomed to and they've and he knows how to draft. Look at their draft last year some really good players in there so So he knows so to part with all of that including your best, arguably the best player on your roster and Quentin Williams would be, that would be too much. Yeah. All right. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah. I mean, I don't know what's more exciting to give you, uh, you know, you want to pick the Super Bowl or uh, you want to give me like who goes number two in the draft. Maybe do both. Get you out of here uh, on that. I've got Bucks 34-31. Tampa I winning? I've got Tampa. Everybody said the same thing when I picked Tampa last week against Green Bay. JPP wow. tore up Billy Turner last week, a backup tackle. He gets now you've got him and Shaq at to play against two backup tackles in, in Kansas City. I've seen the Chargers, they haven't won a bunch of them, but I've seen them slow down Mahomes because mm. with Bosa and Ingram, they were able to get a lot of pressure without sending more than four. I think Tampa's in a position now where they don't have to blitz. I think they can get home with that four. I think they can play a lot of coverage, limit the big plays. I think it matches up pretty well for Tampa. Ooh. See, now that's, that's an angle I had not considered. All right, Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. Move the Sticks. You'll see him everywhere. I mean, all the time. He's money. Daniel, thanks a lot, man, and uh, enjoy the game. I appreciate your friendship, bud. Good to see you, man. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. 
So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, <laughs> hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Woo-wee! Great stuff from Daniel Jeremiah. You can tell I have an affinity for his work. He's very plugged in. He keeps it real. You know, Jets fans, you listen closely to that Deshaun Watson stuff. It's looking good for the Jets. But we'll see what happens with Zach Wilson in the draft. I'm a bit surprised by his Super Bowl prediction. We'll see what happens Sunday. All right, next up, Akbar Kbiabijamila. And I said his name wrong again, and I'll say it again wrong in the podcast. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't. He knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy you know. I mean, geez, he played in the NFL. He's been all over TV, American Ninja War. He does everything. He's famous. Uh, he's got that bald dome, and he's a big, big dude. Akbar. Kjabiamila, did I say your last name right, Akbar? I have my no, no, you, you did, but you know what? It's it's all right, man. There's twelve letters, and there's a whole lot more to it that you couldn't even say, anyways. It's Akbar Oluwakemi Idowu Bajabiamila. Okay, I did not. That <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I did not come close to that. Uh, we're talking <sighs> to you for uh, Super Bowl week. You're you're here for Experian, and you know a big storyline. Akbar, in the, in the Super Bowls, Kansas City's offensive line is real beat up. Eric Fisher, the left tackle's out. Yep. And JPP and Shaq Barrett could have a field day in the Super Bowl. As a guy who played in the NFL on the line, I'm curious your thoughts. Can they take over this game? Well, they, they very well could be. This is a liability now for the Kansas City Chiefs. You think back to you know, LDT, who went from the O-line to the front line, being able to, you know, say, hey, look, I'm going to give up this season because I want to help out with COVID. So that's their starting guard that they they lost during the course of the season. So they've already been without him. Then you have Eric Fisher, uh, Mitchell Swartz, uh, losing those those three guys and not having them for the Super Bowl. That's a big deal. And you get that with Indomitian Sue, Shaq Barrett, and then you get, of course, uh, JPP, who's a buddy of mine. Uh, that could create a lot of havoc. But I would caution, though, because you got to remember, though, you know, coming after, you know, that offensive line and trying to get a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, right? Trying to take advantage of that. If you start dunking it out to Tyreek Hill, that could create, you know, Tyreek can take five and make it 50. He can go 88 and out the gate real quick. So I, I think it's going to be important for them to, to try to keep everything in front of them and win those one-on-one matchups. So it will, be in, uh, it will be imperative for those guys to take advantage of those matchups and be able to, to, to win the one-on-one pressure and make Patrick Mahomes move. But the one scary thing is when Patrick Mahomes gets out the pocket, he still makes magic happen. So it's not like he's only confined to the pocket and being able to be productive. Yeah, we, we looked at the uh, Bakhtiari being out for the Packers. And, yep. you know, Tampa Bay sacked Rodgers five times in the conference championship game. And I just, I do wonder, you made a great point about Mahomes. Like, it's one thing to blitz Drew Brees and yep. Aaron Rodgers, two guys who are, you know, in their late 30s, early 40s. Patrick Mahomes is 25, and uh, yep. the toe seems to be healed. Um, I don't know. I'm just curious your 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 thoughts on Mahomes as a quarterback. The dude's 25, and he's yeah. in his third year. Akbar, uh, he's in his second Super Bowl already. Like this guy's uh, unbelievable. 
Yeah, I mean, Jay, he's he's really set it pretty high, and I think he's really stepped up and he's owned it. You know, when, when you think about that kind of one-on-one matchup, you know, with the offensive line, when I watch tape on him, or well, nobody watches tape anymore, when I watch film, <laughs> but when I watch film on, on, on Patrick Mahomes, when you get those one-on-one pass rushes, he's very good because what happens when you get a, a – a one-on-one pass rush, it creates lanes, right? And if you have those lanes, he's very good in stepping in those lanes, stepping in the pocket, getting out and creating pressure. So that's where he makes magic happen. And he sees things and they almost have like this freestyle fast break type of offense that when things start to break down, those players can be any which way. But remember, there are going to be a lot of attention on guys like Tyreek and, of course, Travis Kelsey. But it's the guys like Miko uh, Hardman and Sammy Watkins that can free ball it. Oh, free, freestyle, excuse me. I can't, that's no, going to that, get that, that goes on that, this podcast. That, yeah, that's I know. <laughs> yeah, play, play free ball and, and go out there and, and make it happen. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're contractually obligated to mention Tom Brady, the ageless wonder. I will say this. I haven't heard a lot of people bring up Steve Spagnolo this week. Uh, he is the one who devised that New York Giants defensive pressure against Brady in the Super Bowl. The, the, one of the greatest teams in NFL history. Patriots were undefeated. Giants beat them. Um, is there anything we can glean from Spagnolo's history? Um, do you think he blitzes the way they blitzed Josh Allen last week? Or do you think they just try to get home with four and, and cook up some zones against Brady? I, I think they're going to have to bring some pressure. He still moves very well within the pocket, but I think once he gets outside of the pocket, I think that's where things start to happen. I don't think you try to come in with a lot of trickery. I think you try to play it, at, um, play it just as is. You play that base, m- more than just base uh, defense, but you want to make sure that you're doing your job. It's a DYJ type of thing because Tom Brady's been in the league for 20 years. I mean, what you going to throw at him? Something he's never seen before? He's seen it all. You don't think he's gone back, watched that Super Bowl and seen Spagnola and what he did against him that made him so he's very very good in being able to adapt and make the the adjustments the necessary adjustments uh, I, I think it's just doing your job and capitalizing look in the NFC championship game how many interceptions did he throw right yeah. so it's it comes down to not trying to make yourself vulnerable by trying to create a look that you think somehow you can fool you ain't gonna fool Tom Brady there's just no fooling him he's seen it all literally 20 years old yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. We talked about Andy Reid a little bit this week, and it's so funny how narratives change quickly. Andy Reid was a great coach in Philly who could never win the big one, you know? Could never yeah. – co- NFC title game, he kept losing. Uh, McNabb vomits all over himself in the Super Bowl. He gets Patrick Mahomes, and now Andy Reid is your top five coach of all time. I, yeah. I'm just curious, you know, as a, as a former player, when you hear this stuff, you're now in the media, and you've got to talk on it, but, like, is it a little silly that we can go from, man, Andy Reid can't be- win the big game to, yep, yep, he's a top seven all-time coach? Yeah, I think it's just people like to pile on. They love to pile on guys who get close but can't quite make it. Uh, a part of that, th- those commentaries come from envy and seeing that, wow, like, look at him, look at him. But I think we all know if you've ever been a part of a team sport, you realize sometimes you're just one piece away, right? And it could go the other way as well. Like, Patrick Mahomes could be one piece away from not having the same type of success, right? And so if anyone's done better uh, or have done more with less, it's been Tom Brady. Throughout his career, he's had, you know, some great players, but he's also had some very average players, and he's still made Super Bowl runs. So he's done more with more this year. He's done more with less in the past, right? But he had 
Randy Moss and stuff like that. But I, I think what it means is what it shows you is that, you know, for, for the most of the league and for the entirety, most of it comes as such a, such a team sport that you need every little thing to hit on every cylinder. And for so many years, Andy Reid was always like a piece away or, you know, sometimes it was a play call or, you know, whatever it might have been. But I, I think it never took away from the fact that Andy Reid was really a great coach. I think the same could be said, too, for, a, you know, a good coach that I had, Marty Schottenheimer. He was always accused of not being able to win the big one. But Marty Schottenheimer was a G. Like, Martin Schottenheimer could coach now. He he had some really good teams. And I don't think he gets enough credit for, you know, the type of coach that he was. Um, and it, had he been blessed with, you know, something like that, now obviously he had the 2006 Chargers that won 14 and two and, of course, lost to the, you know, to the to the Patriots and so on and so forth. But my point is, is that Andy Reid just gets hated on because he didn't win it and people see the success. But, hey, you didn't quite get it. Yeah. So we get to hate on you. Uh, Akbar, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your background as an athlete. Uh, you know, listen, COVID has screwed up a lot of things for parents and young athletes. And yeah. we have a lot of parents with young athletes who listen to this podcast. And, you know, we're trying to get the kids out of the house doing stuff. But I just want to hit on your story about you didn't actually play football, right, until you were, what, like late in high school. So this is that accurate, first of all? And then you end up in the NFL, like five yeah. or six years later. Just, you know, tell people, like, hey, man, you don't need to put your kid in soccer practice four days a week when they're seven years old. Like, I mean, well, just, just yeah. I love your story. Well, Jay, it's it's so true. So I, I was in love with basketball. You couldn't pull me away from basketball. It was my, it was my first girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I loved basketball. I saw myself playing for the Lakers with Magic Johnson, so Same. on and so forth. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I, that was it for me. But, um, but you know, it was funny because I, I was as, you know, playing at Crenshaw High School, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And it wasn't until my high school coach just, I mean, harassed me to play football my brother, who was an outstanding football player his whole life, people thought that I could have the same type of potential. And it wasn't until my senior year in high school where I decided, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. And, and I think to your further point was I got five football scholarships, zero basketball scholarship offers, right? And so I'm like, how does that happen? I think the pressure that parents are putting on their kids now is that they have to be like a pro now because it's super competitive. How many parents are now playing for private coaches? I mean, I, I didn't grow up with private coaches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people are like private coach, private coach, because they want their kids. And some of it has to do with them, you know, um, vicariously living through their kids, right? My kid is going to be the next great. My kid is going <laughs> is so good. And so they put this pressure where kids are either getting burned out, but what they forget is that athleticism is dynamic. Being able to, I think what made Odell Beckham such a great wide receiver is the fact that he played soccer. Hakeem Olajuwon, was, his footwork was amazing because he played soccer. So these guys had strong base, athletic base. And so I would always encourage young, young parents, parents with young kids rather, I'd encourage them to go out there and let their kids play and be familiar. Now, there's a certain point, right? Because it's super competitive and people are so focused on one sport, you can get behind. Like when I played, there were a lot more people who were just kind of doing different sports, right? And your athleticism just took over. But now people are like, they're young quarterbacks at seven years old who, who are throwing like professionals. You know, they got professional coaches at seven years old. You can't compete with that 
10 years later. But I can't say you give your kid the best chance to compete when you give them a solid base. And yeah, a solid and base is a variety of sports. Yeah, playing everything's definitely the way to go. Um, but you had to also, even though you got the scholarships, you still went undrafted and clawed your way into the NFL. I am going to ask, you know, I obviously you're impartial now, you're in the media, but do does part of you root for the Raiders because, you know, they signed you and took the chance on you? Yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But uh, there's two parts. One is that because I grew up in L.A. when they were the Los Angeles Raiders um, and I'm all L.A. everything. L.A. Lakers, L.A. Dodgers, not L.A. Clippers. Never that. (laughs) Uh, L.A. Kings um, and the Raiders, even though they moved to Oakland, I couldn't I could never get jiggy with the Rams. I could never. But, uh, you know, and the other part of me, you know, I root for the Chargers as well. But I think I identify more with the Raiders because they took a chance on me. And when you're that low, you know, when no, you go undrafted and you start putting your hopes and your dreams and getting drafted and a team gives you that chance and that opportunity, there's a certain, then, you know, the, the friendships that you develop with, with the people and the staff and the, you know, and for me at the time with the, you know, the relationship with the owner, with Mr. Uh, Al Davis and all those things, I kind of think helps me just kind of, if you looked inside of my office, it's, it's all silver and black here. <laughs> so where are you on this whole chatter that Derek Carr could be traded so that the Raiders can ultimately get enough picks to then acquire Deshaun Watson? Well, I think it's going to be an intriguing one. That's a lot. You're giving up a lot uh, for to get Deshaun Watson. You're kind of starting back over and hoping to get, you know, Deshaun Watson to be able to take on the, uh, the John Gruden's offense. I, I will say, though, that I, th- I don't think we should lose the fact that Derek Carr was the only quarterback this year that beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Outside of that last loss that Patrick yeah. Mahomes set out, of course, you know, because of the end of the season. But uh, here's a guy that threw for 4,100 yards. He had a 3-to-1 ratio, touchdown uh, to interception ratio. He had 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Like, people shouldn't forget, like – he can play. It's not that many superstar quarterbacks out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in 30 with 32 teams out there, they're not 10 superstar quarterbacks. You get your top three or four and the rest of them, you start trying to prioritize. And I think there's a trend in the NFL. Like if you're not in the top, you know, like that's, that's very hard. You're not producing Tom Brady's and Patrick Mahomes in the draft. And so I think you have to figure out what system best works with the personnel grouping that you have. And that really does too fall on the coaches. Hey, are we giving him the best opportunity to succeed? I use myself as an example. I thought my career took a turn when I moved to outside linebacker. When we took Rob Ryan, Rob Ryan came in made me an outside linebacker. That was challenging for me that I didn't have that knowledge to be able to hook to curl cover two. get a, I had to learn that. It took me a while to learn football from the back end in order to be productive. You know what I mean? Now, obviously my career cut short, but my point in that is that it makes a lot more sense to get the personnel and understand what the personnel is to get that person to thrive and not you saying, I'm going to force you into my system and you just got to go. Because we all have our strength and weaknesses as an, as a, as an athlete. Yeah. I guess I'll get you out of here real quick on Derek Carr. Like Gruden inherited him. It wasn't like his choice. And you know, Gruden has kind of had a rocky start with the Raiders up and down. They haven't made the playoffs yet. I don't know. Do you think ultimately he wants to move on? Who wants to move on? Uh, Gruden, do you think he just is ready, is done with Carr? Um, 
That's a great question. I mean, look, uh, John Gruden is obsessed with football. I mean, he loves football and he's always going to try to one up, but that's a competitor. A competitor is always going to try to one up. So I wouldn't be mad at John Gruden for one upping. Look, if you can get a Deshaun Watson, let, let's keep it real now. Like I love the Raiders, but if you can get a Deshaun Watson, you better go get him. <laughs> you better yeah. go get him. You know, and yeah, there are gonna be some hurt feelings, no doubt about it. And that doesn't mean a Derek Carr can't play. I think Derek Carr in the right system could play. I like, for example, if there were no Patrick Mahomes and you put Derek Carr. In the Kansas City Chiefs offense, I think people are singing a different tune. Yeah. We've seen that happen. Heck, Randy Moss turned, came to the Raiders and wasn't Randy Moss. Then he went to the Patriots and was like, oh, whoa. You know what I mean? So he was Vikings, whoa. He was Raiders, no. And then he was Patriots, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? So my point is, is certain systems fit different players. And so this is not a knock on Derek Carr as far as him as a player. It could be a knock on him as far as if he met, meshes with this system. All right, Akbar, you're here for, on behalf of Experian Super Bowl week. You want to tell us a little bit about them? Yeah. So, you know, the pandemic rocked a lot of people, rocked myself included. And I think the financial recovery is something that experience is dedicated to. And I'm super happy to be partnered up with them again. But Experian.com has this boost, Experian boost. And let me tell you something, it is amazing. You know, during this pandemic, you know, work stoppage happened for me with uh, American Ninja Warrior, loss of jobs, but still my oldest son in college had to pay for his tuition expensive mortgage and car payments and all these different things happen. Well, where my credit score took a dip, but Experian Boost allows consumers, allows people to be able to take their credit and uh, self-report their their action, their transactions with their cable bill, their utility bill, their streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. My kids love Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, stars, I love Power on Stars. Um, you know, the HBO. They can take all of that self-reported to Boost, and this helps to improve your credit score. And I was able to take my my credit score that was going down during the pandemic and allow it to improve to a 791. That's the most I've ever had. And I think it's the dedication that Experian has to being able to help the fans, help people get their credit score and recover. Because when you look at right now, like interest rates, for example, interest rates is all time low, but the only way to take advantage of these low interest rates is to be able to have good credit. And great credit allows you to leverage yourself, especially in a time of financial hardship, Maybe you're trying to start a business. Maybe you're trying to recover from your business taking a hit and you need a little bit more influx of cash and you need to get that credit. This is why it's so important to utilize a tool like Experian Boost, where you can just self-report the things that you're doing on time, paying on time, like your cable and your utilities and your streaming services. Those things allow you to raise your credit score. And I think for me, I just want to hook everyone else up because if I know something and it works for me, I want to be able to give that out and that, uh, that information and share with people. So it's a simple thing. You can go to Experian.com slash boost and, uh, and boost your credit score. All right, Akbar. Thanks a lot and enjoy the game. All right. Thanks, Jay. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or slash CB for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.